Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. My name is uh, Brenda, if we haven't met before. <laughs> I'm one of the pastors here. And um, I'm excited this morning, actually, because we're going to be talking this morning about baptism. And baptism has always been one of my favorite things in church life ever since I was a little girl because it is such an exciting time when we come together and see people baptized into their faith. And, and to see this expression, this public expression of something we know has actually happened deep inside of someone's heart. And so sometimes we go, you know, right into a baptism and, and, and into the service and we talk about it a little bit. And we go right into it. We're not having actual baptisms today, but I do want to teach on it this morning and prepare us. And if anyone is here who has been baptized, then this is, this is like review for us, but it's also an opportunity for us to remember why we were baptized and remember why we set ourselves apart to God in that way. And if you have never been baptized, well, then I'm really talking to you today. And I hope that I'll be able to set aside any of your fears or any of the things that you've thought about or why you haven't been baptized. If it's never even been presented to you before, today is the day for you to hear about it. And so I'm excited about this. And I want to go back just for a second to the scripture that I opened up with, where God said, purify yourselves, sanctify or consecrate yourselves to me, because tomorrow I want to do something great through you. And I feel like this concept of setting our side, ourselves apart, of really fully going all in and surrendering to Jesus is something that we've gotten away from, that we've kind of lost touch with in the church. And this is what I'm afraid of as a pastor, is that you could come in here week after week after week after week for your whole life and never see a change. I'm so afraid of that. I'm so afraid that, you know, you come in here on a Sunday and you get pumped up like an old tire and you feel full and you roll out into your week and then you live in fear and doubt and unbelief and sin and you go about life the way you've always known it and we never see a change. That's my fear as a leader. I don't ever want to see that happen. I actually want to see monumental change and transformation in every life all of the time. And it doesn't matter if you've been sitting in a pew or a seat in a church all of your life. That doesn't make you a Christian. As Joyce Meyer says, you can sit in the garage all day and it doesn't make you a car. You can sit in church your whole life and not be a Christian. Because it's not about what we do. And consecration is not about what we do. It's not about going out and serving in our community and it's not about reading our Bibles and it's not about checking things off of a to-do list. It's all those things, but it's so much more. It's actually about a deep change that happens inside of our hearts when we surrender our lives to Christ. And you know, 
I think what I'm afraid of all in all is that we have a lot of people in church today who come on Sunday, but that's about all they do. They give God one day or maybe one hour of their week, but not a whole lot more. And I'm afraid, I'm not really afraid. I keep saying that over and over. I'm not a fearful person. (laughs) But these are concerns that I have in my mind about people in our churches today. I'm concerned that maybe we sit on the fence for far too long that we have one foot in the church and one foot still in the world and in our own way of doing things. And we have just enough of Jesus to make us uncomfortable in the world and just enough of the world to make us uncomfortable in church. And so we live in this spiritual no man's land for an endless amount of time, not knowing how to move forward or how to move. We sit on the fence. I don't want you to sit on the fence anymore. And I I feel like that's, that's maybe kind of, one of the things that God has called me to do is to push people a little bit to get off the fence. To stop sitting around and, and in our apathy and in our just, you know, I'm going to build my own life. I'm going to do it my way, but never fully, fully surrendering to Christ. And so we're okay that he's our savior and we'll get to heaven one day, but have we really made him our Lord Because if he is Lord of our lives, that means we are surrendered to him. It means he leads and we follow. I'm so afraid that so often we say, ask Jesus into your heart and we invite him into our lives and we say, this is where I'm going. Do you want to come with me? And we're like, do you got my back? That's good, but we're going where we want to go instead of surrendering our lives to him and saying, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to follow you where you want to go and I'm going to do what you want to do with my life instead of trying to do it my own way. So I feel like Mark Batterson in his book, All In, I love that book. If anyone does sign up for baptism, I'm gonna give you a copy of that book because I love it. But he calls this the inverted gospel. It's backwards. We've asked Jesus to follow us. We've invited him into our life and we've said, come along for the gin. It's that you leave what you're doing and follow me. It's an all in, it's an all or nothing decision. And the longer you sit on the fence, the harder it is. And so I'm going to push you just a little bit today. Just a little bit. Because I don't want to let you sit on the fence. I don't, I don't believe as a leader that's something that I can let you do. Is that okay? Is that all right? So today, I just want to walk us through, from a biblical perspective, what baptism really is. Where it came from, how it started, and what happened all through the Bible, so we understand it. Is that okay? It's good? You guys all good this morning? All right. I'm glad to hear that you're good. So first of all, baptism is a decision that hinges solely on our being saved or born again, as Jesus put it. This is a moment, and I know, I know, you know, the term born again even causes a little bit of, huh? What is that? And it was that way in the Bible. When Jesus said, you must be born again, the fellow he was talking to said, I don't know what you mean. I can't go back in my mother's womb and be born again. What does that even mean? And he said, no, you're born spiritually when you're born again. When you give your life to Christ, when you surrender to him as your savior, when you realize that I was born into sin and I need a savior and you surrender everything to Jesus, you are born spiritually. And the Bible says that there is a seed that comes into your heart. It's a spiritual seed. 
and it's incorruptible and it is what pushes you. That's why you get, that's why I said you get just enough Jesus that you're uncomfortable in the world because that little seed inside of you will always say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be going there. This isn't right, right? That little seed is inside your heart. But what we have to do is we have to surrender to God in every decision, in everything that happens in our life in order to allow that seed to grow so that we become the kind of people who are actually led by the Spirit of God and not by our own desires and our own will. And so we need to make Jesus Lord. And the way that we do that is by walking in trust or faith and obedience to everything that he has commanded us to do. And eventually, you will start to hear the voice of God speaking directly into your life. But when you're a new believer, it starts just by hearing the word. The word of God is active and alive. And when you read it, that's why when you get saved, people say, read your Bible. And you, and you open it up and you start to read it and you don't understand it. You go, I don't, I don't know. It's really hard to read. I don't get it. But eventually it starts to come alive. That's why we meet here every week and we proclaim the word of God because it builds faith and it will start to come alive in you and you'll start to understand if God said it, I need to do it. And so I'm going to put my life on the right track. And even if it seems uncomfortable and even if it seems scary and even if I don't understand, I'm going to do what he asks me to do. I'm going to walk in obedience to how I know how to walk. And you know what? If you, don't, if you don't know, if you haven't heard about baptism before, if you haven't heard the word of God in this area, that's okay. Today, you're going to be confronted with the truth. And then it's time to make a decision. We can't make the decision unless we know the truth. That's why we need people to talk about it and proclaim it and to read it. So baptism is a concept that started in the Bible with a gentleman named John the Baptist. And it wasn't because he was part of the Baptist denomination. It was because he baptized people. And so he got this name, John the Baptist. And he was sort of this this wilderness man. It says he ate locusts and wore like animal skins and stuff. I don't know. It's not my thing. I'm not like a camping girl kind of thing. You know, wilderness kind of stuff. I don't know. Anyway, not my thing. But here he was and he had come to, the Bible says, proclaim the way for the Lord. He had come to pave the way for Jesus the Messiah to come. That was his job. That was his purpose. That was his mission in life. In fact, when he was in his mother's womb, when he was in Elizabeth's womb and Mary came into the room with Jesus in her womb, it says that Elizabeth, the baby inside of her, leapt. The Spirit of God came upon her. That already before they were born, they had their purpose and they had their plan laid out for them. And baptism, some people think that it is just man's idea. It's something that man has come up with for some reason, but it's not. It's very biblical. And I don't believe that John the Baptist just started doing it randomly. I believe it was a Holy Spirit-inspired idea for him to start to pave the way for the Messiah to come. And so it says he was in the... I'll actually read the scripture. I think we have it up um, there. We're going to go to Mark chapter 1. Now, I printed them out just because I thought I might not be able to read them in my Bible. So Mark chapter 1, if you want to turn there, I'm going to read a little bit there today. We're going to start in verse 4. And this is... um, really at the beginning of Jesus' story, and we find John the Baptist baptizing people in the wilderness. And this is what it says. His messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness, and he preached that people should be baptized. 
to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. So all of Judea, including all of the people in Jerusalem, went out to see and to hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Now, because the word baptism hadn't actually been used before this, we didn't hear about people doing this before this point, we think that it's random and new. But it actually wasn't. And it wasn't very hard for the Jewish people to understand what John was talking about. Because from the time of Moses all along, they had been under the law where there was ceremonial cleansing. So if there had been sins committed in the community, or if someone wanted to come in and be part of the Jewish community, they were allowed to, but they had to be ceremonially washed. There was this washing of people. When priests went into the most holy place before they were allowed to go in, and immediately when they came out, they were washed. There was something about washing people clean. So they understood this concept. It wasn't radically new to them. They understood that when they sinned, they needed to be washed clean. Now, I believe that John the Baptist was preaching it in a new way. He wasn't doing the old thing anymore. He was proclaiming it in a new way because he was making the way for Jesus to come. But I don't think it was this radical, like, out-of-the-box thing for these people. I think they understood it. And that's why they came, it says, in droves. Like, all of the people came out to be baptized because God was doing a new thing. And I think they were excited about it. They were excited about the coming of their Messiah. And so we know from Scripture that Jesus himself went out and met John the Baptist. And he was baptized. So if we go on to read in the book of Mark, down, skip down to verse 9, chapter 1. It says, one day Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee... And John baptized him there in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And the voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. So Jesus himself was baptized. He recognized this was something important. He recognized that this was ushering in a new era. And he actually walked out of that. He went um, out into the desert to be tempted and then went straight into ministry. So his baptism was actually the start of his earthly ministry. It was like the announcement of saying the Messiah is here. And we know from what we just read that the Holy Spirit came upon him at that moment and empowered him to do what he was called to do. And if Jesus needed to be baptized and empowered to do what he was called to do, I certainly feel like I need to be baptized and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what I'm called to do. There's no exceptions. If Jesus did it, I need to do it too. Now we know also from scripture, and I'm not going to read them all, but it goes on throughout the gospels and into the book of Acts, even after Jesus had died and rose again and gone to heaven, we see that as the church started to put roots down and grow, that they they baptized people on a regular basis. And I don't think that John the Baptist or any of the disciples were standing out in the wilderness with a clipboard saying, okay, have you got your life all cleaned up? Check. Do you go to church every Sunday? 
check. Okay, you can come in. No, it was like, are you saved? Do you believe in Jesus? Come on, there's water over here. Let's get baptized because it was an immediate thing that they needed to do. They were just like, yeah, I'm all in. I'm going for it. And God does miraculous things when that happened. The very first recorded message at the beginning of the book of Acts says that 3,000 people were heard the gospel, their hearts burned for what they had heard. They knew it was the truth and they were baptized and added to the church that day. You don't have to wait to be baptized. If you believe that Jesus is your Lord and you are all in and you've made that decision, then go for it. There's nothing that you have to wait for. And in fact, it's your obedience and faith in that moment to go, I don't know, you know, getting in the water, going under, that seems weird. (laughs) I don't know why I have to do this. That's why it takes faith and it takes obedience. And I believe that just like I said earlier, when we step out in faith and obedience, God meets us in that. There's nothing special about the water. You could be baptized anywhere. I was baptized outside in this It used to be a gravel pit and it had filled in with water. And it was like, you look at the picture and it's like dirty and gross. But I I remember the day I was so excited and there was so much excitement about it because I was doing something that God had commanded me to do. I knew that I was acting in obedience and faith to what he had said. And so there's nothing special about the water, but there's something special about the moment. And I have seen people go in under the water and come back up healed. I have seen people go in under the water and come back up with the addictions broken off of their life. I have seen them go into the water and come back up bubbling over and speaking in tongues because they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's something we're going to talk about in a few weeks. We're going to get into a series in talking about the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk more about that. But there is nothing miraculous about the water, but there's something miraculous about the experience of stepping out in faith and obedience to God. And often, baptism is our first opportunity to do that. It's the first time we hear a command from the Lord, and we say, I'm in. I'm going to do it. And he meets us in that. He meets us in that place. I want to tell you a cool story. I wasn't planning on telling this. It just popped into my mind, so I'm going to tell it. I have a friend who does long-term mission trips. She goes for a month into countries like she's been to Africa and Thailand and Cambodia. And she goes into unreached tribes, and she lives with them for a few weeks with a group of people. And she teaches them about the gospel of Jesus. And how they do it is they just share stories. So they're adapted stories from the word that they can understand and they walk them through the gospel. And so at some point they come to the place where they say you need to be baptized. Now, the first time she went through this, she was in Ethiopia during drought season. They didn't have enough water to drink, let alone get baptized. But these people were so excited about what had happened in their hearts. They were so excited about the word that they had heard and they wanted to follow Jesus with everything. So they went like a one and a half day walk to a neighboring village and got a a jerry can. That's all they had, a jerry can filled with water and they brought it back and they made a little puddle on the ground and they all got in it and rolled around in it until they were covered. And they said to my friend, they said, we want to follow your Jesus. So we're going to do this, but we need rain. 
within 24 hours, there's clouds starting to form in the sky. And my, my girlfriend, she was like, we better get in the cars and get out of here because it is going to rain and the mud's going to come and we're never going to get out. And you know what they did? They got stuck. They barely made it to their plane. They got stuck in the mud trying to get out of this because it poured rain, because that's what Jesus does. When we step out in obedience and we follow him, he follows up with miracles in our lives. These people needed rain, and they got their rain from Jesus because they were obedient and were baptized. They didn't know much of anything at all, but that's what God is like. He meets us in our obedience, and he does amazing things. So, Baptism, the word itself, is actually a Greek word, baptizo. And I want to address this just for a moment because I know many people um, from different backgrounds or religions, Catholic or Christian Reform, there's different, many different religions that sprinkle babies as their way of baptizing them into the body of Christ. Now, first of all, I believe that you have to be old enough to make a decision. Because baptism is something that solely hinges on our decision to follow Christ, we need to be old enough to make that decision for ourselves. And if you were sprinkled or baptized as a baby, we honor your parents for what they did. They did the best they know how to do to dedicate your life to God. They did the best they knew how to do to raise you in a way that was right, to make sure that you would follow Jesus all of your days. And so we honor that but it's not the same thing as making your own decision to be baptized. And so I want to encourage you today to just to think about that, that it is a decision that needs to be made. And the word itself means fully submerged. It means to be washed clean with water. It's actually the same Greek word that they would have used for a sunken ship. So if you can picture that, a ship sunken down to the bottom of the ocean, and the water is inside and out. It's completely washed in the water. And the reason that we, we talk about this is seen in scripture over and over. And I debated which scriptures to share today because you can read a lot of them. And so I'm just going to throw this in. If you want to read between Romans 6 and Romans 8, those three chapters are a really great depiction of baptism. So you can go home and read those three chapters in Romans 6 through 8. Um, to give you a fuller understanding of what, what's happening in this moment, but I have one verse that I want to read with us today. It's from Colossians 2 and verse 12. And this really sums up for us what exactly is happening in the baptism experience. Colossians 2 verse 12 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life. Because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And so this is the picture of baptism. It's actually like being buried and raised back up to life. That's why we go completely under the water and come back up. That's why you often see on t-shirts, raised to life. I've been raised to life because I've identified with Christ in death and burial. And I have been raised up to a new life. 
And that new life that we live, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. It's not just about getting into heaven, and it's not a life that will happen when we get there. It is in being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life that is worthy of the death of Jesus Christ here on earth and to actually walk empowered. The Bible says, if you read that Romans part, it says that we are dead to sin because we were buried in baptism. We are dead to that life. It has no power over us anymore. We are no longer slaves to the life that we used to have. We have actually raised up in mighty power to a brand new life. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. And it actually gives us the power over sin. And it gives us the power over the enemy. And it puts something inside of us that helps us to live a life that he has called us to. And whatever purpose he has for your life, whatever things he has for you to do in the future, he's going to empower you to do them from the inside out. That's resurrection life. That's what it means to be empowered from the inside out, to be raised to life. Jesus didn't die just to get you into heaven. He died to resurrect the person that you were meant to be before sin distorted his image in you. He died to resurrect the version of Brenda who has no fear. He died to resurrect the version of Brenda that lives in victory over sin. He died to resurrect the version of my life that walks in purpose and peace and joy every day. He died to bring that person back to life. And just as Greg was saying this morning, that was such a great introduction. And he was talking, um, uh, the story that he was talking about, about being raised back to life. God can breathe, breathe new life into whatever you need him to breathe it into. Whatever area of your life that feels dead and, and drowning, like just dead and gone, he breathes new life into that. And everything that he asks us to lay down and step out in obedience. Every time he asks something of us and we feel like it's hard. Do you know there's always going, he's promised there's always going to be that resurrection life on the other side of it. He would never ask us to lay something down without something better on the other side. You know, the life that we live on our own, sometimes we think is pretty good. Sometimes we think we're pretty smart. We've got plans. We've got goals. We've got places we want to go. We think we've got it all together. But if God asks you to lay something down, if he asks you to step out in obedience, it's because he has something so much greater on the other side of it. You could never even imagine what he has in store for you. It's so good. And so I tell people when they come to get baptized, I tell them, come expecting Come expecting God to do something in your life. Come expecting him to breathe new life into something. Come expecting him to break an addiction. Come expecting him to break anxiety and depression off of your life. Come expecting him to do something miraculous because he will. He will. I've seen it before and we'll see it again. God does amazing things when we do our part to set ourselves apart in obedience and faith to what he has called us to do. It opens the door for his mighty power to be at work in our lives. I'm going to invite Greg to come up because I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But I believe, 
I hope that today we've just been able to answer some of your questions and set the record clear on what we believe biblical baptism is all about. But I would be amiss if I didn't end this moment with an invitation to follow Christ. Because yes, we want you to make the decision to be baptized if you haven't been already. And like I said, if you have, I hope today was just a reminder, a recommitment and, and maybe a moment to, to realize, you know, maybe I've been living on the fence. Maybe I've had one foot in and one foot out and I need to be fully in, fully surrendered, all the chips to the middle all in for Jesus. But if you've never, ever even had the opportunity to surrender your life to Christ, today is your day. This is your moment. You know, the Bible never talks about tomorrow. It only talks about today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make a decision. Don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. And so if God is stirring in your heart today and you're thinking, I need that kind of life, I need that resurrection life at work in me. Then today is the day that you can surrender your life to him. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to heaven, but he's the only way to that kind of life, that resurrection life that we all want. He's the only way. And so, what we need to understand is that we are all born into sin. We all have a sinful nature that is at work in us. And we need to understand that we need Jesus to save us from that and to set our lives right. And so I just wanna ask in this moment, if there's anyone in this room who needs to get their life right with God, who needs to surrender everything to Jesus, this is your moment. So if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to just put up your hand so I can see it. Just put up your hand and say, I, I just need in this moment to surrender to Christ. Thank you, thank you, I see your hand, thank you. This is your moment. Thank you, Jesus. If God's stirring in your heart today, this is your moment. So we're gonna pray with those who raise their hand. I'm just gonna lead you in a prayer. Why don't we all pray it together? Lord Jesus, I recognize that I was born in sin and that I desperately need you. So today I surrender my life. I surrender my hopes and dreams and I give it all to you. Would you come into my life and would you lead me forward from this day? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with us today for the first time, we would actually love to meet you and, and just have a moment to get to know you. So I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come up. We're gonna be here at the end of the service. I'll be down here. I'd love to meet you and, and just pray with you and talk to you in this moment. This is a big decision that you've made today. But if you're here and you are ready to get baptized, if you say, you know what? I'm tired of sitting on the fence. I'm tired of just coming every Sunday and sitting here and filling up a pew. I need more in my life. Then I wanna encourage you to sign up for baptism today. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. 
Andrew has created a form online on our website, so you're welcome to go there and sign up there. But we also have these Connect cards that have a little box at the bottom that just says baptism. So if you have one of these cards and you got it on the way in, we just need your name and your email address and we'll send you some information and connect with you this week about when this baptism will happen and all the details about it. But it's gonna be an exciting day. We're gonna do it in the next few weeks. I am so pumped. I don't know about you guys, but I love baptisms. It's awesome to see these people surrender once again and be raised up to new life. So it's gonna be awesome. And if, if there's anything that we can pray for you for, you're welcome to come to the front. I'm just gonna pray and close the service. Um, but I wanna remind you that we are back here tonight at 7 p.m. for our worship night, and it's gonna be a great time of worship together. So God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, we actually thank you for our church family. We thank you for the opportunity to come together every week and to be encouraged and challenged by the word and by the other people around us. We thank you, God, that you put us in a family. You don't leave us on our own to try to figure it out. You put us in a family. So we thank you for that. And so God, as we go out today, I just pray that the word would go forth in people's hearts. I pray that it would continue to challenge and convict. And I pray, God, that it would bring about the results that you want to see. I pray, God, that we would surrender each one of us our lives again to you and to know what that means as we walk through our daily life. So God, we give you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.